0: Hi, Ken Rickward, uh here with Dig uh, A Deeper video number 7. Uh, before I uh, start that I have an announcement uh, for um, various reasons. Uh, we're going to have to uh, uh, either delete or move um, a content on uh, YouTube and on our website to a new YouTube channel and a new website but some of this content is going to go away permanently. So if there's any uh, uh, video uh, content that you were planning to view and haven't got around to, I encourage you to do so in the next two weeks. There'll be a further uh, announcement of the the new YouTube channel name and website name and you will have to to resubscribe if you're a subscriber. So our question uh from last week was how many prophets appear in chapters seventeen through twenty-one? Why would this number be significant? And it's just looking up their names and contemplating their meaning. Well, there are a total of five prophets, and five is the number of grace. And those are Micaiah, Yehu, Yahaziel, Eliezer, and Elijah. And the names mean who is like God, he is God. God sees, God is my helper comforter, and Jehovah is my God. What I got out of this was that uh, who is like God is a question, and one possible answer is the wicked invent their own gods. <clears throat> he is God made me think that the wicked pretend to be their own God. God sees reminded me that God sees all wickedness. God is my helper comforter reminded me that God punishes the wicked, which is a comfort to the righteous, and Jehovah is my God, that made me think that if Jehovah is our God, then we need not fear the wicked. So for application, to what degree are we living in fear of the wicked? And how comfortable are we to wait for God's justice on the wicked? Now, what do prophets uh, uh, do? I like this quote from A.W. Pink, which I've modified slightly, uh, but it goes, uh, with uncommon courage, they come unannounced and unattended unleashing an unwelcome, unpalatable message to an unholy king. I just love the way that's worded. Some attributes of prophets are reverence for the Lord, dignity, confidence, zealousness for the Lord, servant of the Lord, powerful in prayer, and content in all circumstances. These are great attributes for us to emulate. The other question, uh, was what theme do you see in Second Chronicles 17-21? Well, the theme I saw was retribution, or you could call it reward or retribution, which refers to blessings or cursings. It's the path of foolishness versus the path of wisdom. Jehoshaphat waffles between wisdom and foolishness. In chapter 17, he was the alliance with the Lord. In chapter 18, he foolishly aligns with and relies on the wicked Ahab. In chapter 19, he wisely returns to reliance on the Lord. In chapter 20 through verse 34, he wisely relies on the Lord to defeat his enemies. But then, at the end, he foolishly relies on the wicked grandson of Ahab and foolishly entrusts his kingdom to Jehoram. Wisdom leads to rewards. Foolishness leads to retribution. About retribution, A.W. Pink said, there is something more dreadful than physical calamity and suffering, namely moral delinquency and spiritual apostasy. Uh, In a prior video called Prophets and Prophecy, uh, which is one of the ones that will be going away in the coming weeks, uh, if you haven't seen it, Uh, in that uh, I summarized blessings of cursing, so I thought I would just reiterate them briefly here. Um, Rewards or blessings are uh, recorded um, in Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, and here they're characterized into 10 groups. You can pause the the recording here to uh, examine these. But there are 27 categories of curses uh, uh far more extensive, uh, and you can uh, pause and, and, and review these on your own. But God also, in response to repentance, brings restoration of rewards. And uh, there are 10 categories of those that are separately listed in Scripture. So, the foolishness of chapter 18 could be characterized as a dangerous alliance with a wicked king, a dangerous dalliance with false prophets failing to heed the one true prophet, and a dangerous reliance on the hedge bidding strategy of a wicked king. You can think of uh, this uh, dalliance with uh, evil Uh, as like uh, placing yourself at the top of a muddy hill. Any step in any direction, could lead to a mudslide. But the Lord has mercy on Jehoshaphat, and if we repent, he has mercy on us as we wallow in our mud pit. But The Lord is not solely focused on retribution, but seeks repentance and restoration. First John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is often referred to as the Christian bar of soap. Joseph returns his his people back to the Lord in chapter 19, and wisely returns to the Lord to deal with enemies in chapter 20. Joseph had said in 2 Chronicles 29 in his prayer, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. In essence, what Jehoshaphat is doing here is summarizing Solomon's prayer of dedication of the temple in Second Chronicles 6:12 through42. Here we see the cycle of fallen mankind falling into two options. Either obedience that leads to rewards, which sometimes leads to complacency, disobedience, and retribution. But it can be followed by repentance, mercy, restored relationship, and a return to obedience. Or uh, it can lead to rebellion, retribution, resentment, unrepentance, and separation from the Lord. Divine retribution is God's punishment or reward. Both pain and pleasure are delivered with love. His justice is flawless and exact. A.W. Pink said, True liberty is not the power to live as we please, but to live as we ought. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Uh, I just want to take the opportunity to uh, uh, point out uh, the organization of 2 Chronicles 10 through 20. This is a chiastic uh, structure as displayed here. Uh, you can see in red is uh, the center, uh, Jehoshaphat's reign in chapter 17, where priests and Levites are appointed to teach the law. This is, and this is flanked on either side by uh, Asa and Jehoshaphat. Je- Jehoshaphat's alliance with Ahab. In both cases, Syrians defeat Israel. Um, in the first, this king is condemned by Hanani for alliance with Syria. In the second, his king is condemned by Jehu for alliance with Ahab. This is flanked by the yellow sections of Abijah and Jehoshaphat's appointment of priests and Levites in chapter 19. In Abijah's case, the king's speech in the whole country of Ephraim involves forsaking the Lord. And results in the rejection of priests and Levites. But in Jehoshaphat's case, it brings people back to the Lord and acceptance of teaching by priests and Levites. So sometimes the structure of chiasm has opposites like this. <clears throat> and then at the beginning, we have Rehoboam, and at the end, Jehoshaphat's uh, uh, conflict with the three nations. In both cases, there are three nations involved, a vast army. In the first, it's an invasion from Egypt, In the second, it's an invasion from Edom. Uh, Judeans assemble in Jerusalem in both cases. Both involve a prophet: first, Shemaiah, who says the Lord will abandon you, and and in the end, Jehaziel, who says the Lord will be with you. In the first, the invaders defeat you and take great spoils from the temple. In the second, the invaders are defeated by God and great spoils are taken back to the temple. Uh, for a more detailed examination uh, of the particulars of these chapters, uh, please see our latest blog post, at the Waffler, at zcbsf.org. And now a challenge question for week eight. Why did Elijah have to cross the Jordan to be taken up? Why is crossing the Jordan significant in the Bible? Elijah has clear connections in the Bible to Moses in the past and John the Baptist in the future. If Elijah is a type of Moses and John, then who would Elisha be a type of? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, your guidance through the Holy Spirit. Uh, help us, Lord, to walk the path of wisdom uh, rather than foolishness and receive uh, blessings rather than cursings and avoid retribution. Help us remember First John 1 9. In all our ways, uh, uh, guide us this week, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks uh, for. Uh, for watching, uh, please share um, uh, uh, with a friend on uh, YouTube, and you can contact us at info at acpsf.org. Have a blessed week.